Hello everyone and welcome to my next wonderful guest here on Wild Wisdom Wellbeing. And today I've got lovely, lovely Heimke Moll from Kind Hands for All. So uh, Heimke, I'm going to ask you to share all about the wonderful many, many things that you do. But first of all, I believe you're going to lead us in a heart hug. Yes, I like to start because it's easy, easier to explain the talent and teach touch if you do it by yourself, because we are just have started this year with going into the self healing part for humans as well with the heart hug and with all the, the art and method of tea touch. So for your self care and just at the moment where we are, yeah, starving and getting be touched and be close to someone, we also can take care of us by doing this by ourselves to take to hug ourselves and hug our heart by ourselves. So if you like, please put your right hand just on your heart chakra and put the left hand on top. And then maybe in your interview, have a look that you need to come up a little bit higher so you can see me. Um, a clock where the six is down here, the 12 is up here, nine and three. So put your hands on top, relax your shoulder, and it's really important, smile as much as possible, because if you smile, the serotonin level in our body goes up. So it's a it's a really legal and really cheap drug <laughs> to make ourselves <laughs> happy. <laughs> so put your hands up here, relax your shoulders, and we always just inhale through our now nose, and if you want to exhale through your mouth, and with tightly closed lips, so there's a little bit of back pressure, and then our body can absorb more oxygen, also the last little bit of oxygen was going out when we are breathing out, so we have a bigger impact. So put your hands up here, and then move your hands and your skin, and visualize your clock from 6 to 9 to 12, to three and down to six again and exhale you can close your eyes if you like and do it again visualize the clock it's not important which direction really it's just on you to go around the clock this one and a quarter circle brilliant you can do this for yourself always to calm yourself down to just give yourself a good feeling we are working on both sides of the brain if we visualize the clock if we visualize the clock and working around the clock we are activating the left side of our brain the brain where we are analyze things and with the breathing and the heart hug and the self-care and the intuition and the feeling we are activating the right side of the brain so we're balancing out our brain and we also then make a connection between both sides of the brain 
into this bridge. And this can bring us into a station of meditation as well. Because just if both sides working together, we have the chance to go into a meditation. That's the key thing of meditation to bring these both sides who are always working together, but also against each other in, in a balance. So this is a really, really wonderful thing. You can do this if you are working as a professional with other people or with animals. You can do it by yourself before you start doing a session. We can do this in front of our animals before we start a session to come into a conversation heart to heart and to come ourselves down and just to give us a chance to introduce us to the animals as well and bring us into a position in a state where we work properly so we can get us out of this normal hurly-burly into the position where we really can go into a connection to the animal or if we work with human beings with a being in front of us that's just so beautiful and i, I use um i have used a thing called um the trust technique by james french which is all about getting still and getting present and that's and also with working with Margaret Coates, as I've done in the past, about just opening the heart and making that connection before you start communication, before you start uh, healing, offering anything really to another, just to make that connection. And to have that stillness as a place to start from is so beautiful. So I and mean, just I really feel that calming energy. Yeah, and we also can do this if you put your hands on your tummy, not not on your heart chakra, if you work on your tummy and around your tummy, it really can help to get fearness away because a lot of fearness is stocking in our tummy, in the area around our tummy. So if we are really in, in panicking and annexy and all these things, what's coming up now in this time where we're reasoning, oh God, what's coming up? We can do this on our tummy. You can walk and move around your tummy with your hands up on this and then do the one and a quarter circle and breathe so you can really relax and get maybe not rid of your fearness but you can always balance this out and get you in a position where you can start doing things again because the tricky thing with fearness is that we are stucking in this like a big wall around us and with a t-touch we can make some a nice little fence with a gate out of it so and it helps as well, doesn't it, to reconnect with your own sense of clarity. It helps to ground you rather than that where your head is just spinning with too many things that you're trying to juggle and, and get your head around, but just to bring yourself back into centre, groundedness, clarity. And if, yeah, and if you work with your animal or uh, if you work as a professional with animals, it's also good to have this buffer between the arriving or the, between where the clients are coming to your place and show your animal or you as an owner said I need to change this because this behavior is not working and I need to do this and I'm so under pressure and I try to do my best to get out of this mood to get yourself in a position where you can change things because if you don't change your behavior why should your animal change your behavior or why should you be in a position to ask the animal for the understanding that this maybe this behavior doesn't work and you can change things together you just can work as a as a team together to change projects or be in projects if you are also opening a door to change things if you say 
I'm the human being or I'm the trainer and I know everything and you just need to follow me. That doesn't work. That is so true. And, and that whole idea of it being a partnership and it being a dialogue. So it's a two way interaction. And I love that sense of it's not me. I'm not the one who has all the answers and that I am coming to tell you what to do, but that I am being open to your wisdom and inviting you to share in mine. So that wonderful connection. And we've got uh, the wonderful Tammy with us today. Hi, Tammy. It's great to have you here. Who's just saying that these techniques are amazing. And I completely agree. I've heard of heart hugs before, obviously, but hadn't appreciated all of the, the depth behind them. And also that, you know, doing them on your belly as well and how it gets you out of that state of, or re certainly reduces greatly that state of fear, which is, as you say, so prevalent at the moment and such a terrible place to be because you, you are stuck, you can't move forward. So thank you so much for opening with that. Great. Yeah, and the good thing with the T-Touch is really easy to do. It's really easy to learn. And I, and for me, I, because we are always in connection with the animal, we are not working over the head of the animal. So we are the one in the partnership who are maybe guiding the changes. But just because the animal lives in a human world, they we don't live in the animal world. And um, so that's 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 a tricky thing. But if we don't start changing things, then they can't change things. And and with the tea touch, I I know it's always really important that this is a method. So this is scientist based, and it is the tea touch is scientist based. But for me, it's more an art because we learn so many tools, so many things. If you are in the training to be a talent tea touch practitioner doesn't matter if it's for human beings, this is for companion animals or for horses, doesn't matter. You get a big, big toolbox. But the work with the toolbox then, it's totally depends on you, on your history, on your knowledge, on your believings, and then on the other side, on the animal or on the human being. And it's a little bit like, like learning, drawing a picture you learn the different colors you learn if you want to paint with oil or with watercolors or whatever but the painting itself is just about you paintings and what you see and what you want to create and this is a little bit like the tea touch also works uh one touch maybe works for this <coughs> animal for this story and you will have this same breed of animal the same story but it doesn't work so you always need to find different tools and that's I really love. And so we are always going forward and we always be also, yeah, tricked to find new ways when I'm coming to a horse or when I'm seeing a dog or when I'm working with a human being or a frog or a reptile or whatever. I never know really what's coming up and I never know what really what I'm doing before I start. And then the picture comes up and then the idea is coming up and then. I make a plan, but a plan combined with the intuition and with the tools of this wonderful art. And when you're in that dialogue as well, the animal can show you, can guide you to what, what they need, 
and particularly because, as you say, they live in our human world most of the time, they're certainly our companion animals and the animals that we care for, perhaps not so much the wild animals, but the ones that are under our care, they're in our world, which isn't necessarily completely natural for them. So it's finding ways of supporting them in that and, and how can we maybe make their world more of an environment in which you know it's as natural as possible for them and that they have as little stress as possible and we can take out any of those stresses that just through our own lack of awareness or this being an animal that we're not familiar with and they find something stressful which our previous animal didn't that we can learn from them and start to make things better which will then make things better for us as well and and sometimes it's just just short time uh, on my website, a lot of people are always confused if I say, yeah, uh, the, the costs are up to an hour, up to one and a half hour, up to two hours, because sometimes the session is just 15 minutes and I have the feeling it's enough. It's totally enough because there are so many new ideas, and especially if you're working on the body, on the energies in the body, of the cells, of the brain, of the hormones, there's so much going on. You always need to think, our animals don't really have a choice when i'm coming to a horse and the owner said this and this project has happened and the horse maybe i just something simple don't want to lift the foot because i can't i can't clear the foot i can't clear the hoof so can you help me um this is a problem of the human being not of the horse and the horse has no choice to say okay but why here come on i'm pretty happy and just go uh, so i'm coming in and i'm doing things the horse absolutely sees no clue in and and so i'm start working and if you think about going the first time maybe to a good massage therapist or having whatever any treatment on your body you make the decision to give it a go you go there and you trust the person because you make the choice before that you will trust this person or you like this person or it's okay and you go in and you have the treatment and you can feel and you can think and you analyze what's going on and then you go out and then you feel better or not then you make the decision okay i will have this treatment again or i will have a look how i feel in two weeks and we'll have a treatment again it's totally different with our horses or with our animals we go there we don't ask for permission normally or a lot of people don't ask for permission i i try to do my best to ask the animal as well for permission and I do something and for me it's more an offering is have a look listen have a look listen with your body give your body the chance to understand what's going on or just to feel and next time I will come back and I will ask you again to learn maybe something more or get a new feeling and so it's it's because the horse can't say okay i don't like this lady and if if the horse will say this is normally has consequences we all don't like uh, and then the horse is more in trouble than the humans beings who made the wrong decision because they introduced someone who is not really good or is not doing the right thing for this horse so we always need to have in our head that it's it's a big thing about respect and freedom of the animal to step into their safety area. And if we're working on the body, really, if we're working so close, we're stepping into the safety area of the of the horse, of the human, of the also of the human being. So it's always 
always think about if you if you touch someone else, <laughs> doesn't make a difference if it's a horse, a cat, a human being, or a plant, a tree. Always call a little bit of respect and and asking for permission. It's just this little idea. You just need to have this blink enough an idea to don't overrun this being you want to touch. I think that's so crucial, and it was something that was very much pushed home to us when we were students, that it is an asking of permission and a sensing then if it's not a human being, not somebody with language, it might be a human being who doesn't have language or a shared language, but to ask permission and to get a sense, to wait for that sense of a yes, or at least a sense of a, okay, we'll see how this goes, and, and to, to go with that and then it's often the managing of other people's perspectives or other people's expectations in that situation that if your animal says no, I need to respect that no. And it might not be a no forever. It might be a no, not now. I need to get to know you a bit more, in which case it might be talking to the person who cares for the animal and uh, explaining what's going on. It might be, a, actually, no, I don't want you to work on me. I think it's my guardian caregiver who needs a bit more of attention at the moment or you know whatever it might be and then it's to just stay in that moment and see if the uh, animal or whatever shifts or to respect and to leave it for them leave it for that time yeah. and also just i wanted to bring in tammy has said that although she doesn't have animals she has children and uh, that it can be really helpful to be calm with them um, and when she isn't, that the kids can pick up on that and that she guesses it's the same with animals. And there is a lot of commonality, isn't there, between children and animals. And also in the fact of, of the giving of permission, because children also don't necessarily, they're not in a, necessarily in a position to give permission because they think it's expected of them. So although they say yes to something, it might not be the same as an adult consent. For a child, it might just be saying that because they feel the expectation is for them to say yes. The big, big difference, uh, one of my trainers said, the big difference between animals and, and children is that we don't discuss with animals. We, we, we come in, a, in an age where we start discussing with, with our yeah. children and we start this always earlier and earlier. But I just about time, I can tell you a, a story from the beginning of my time as a T-Touch practitioner. So I'm now in the tagging T-Touch world about 23 years. And in the beginning, we have had our training on a nice farm with uh, Bibi Degen in Germany. And she works a lot with Arabian horses. And uh, after my second training, and now in after my first training, in my second training, she told us a story about horse it was a six-year-old horse and the owner brought the horse to her farm and said please baby can you work with this horse this horse has no idea no clue we can train and train and train and it doesn't change it's not interested in anything and wow and we said okay just leave him here and she starts working with him with the telling t-touch with the labyrinth and bodywork and everything and it was really like this she's working one day and the next day he has forgotten everything it was really always like a black blank blanket really nothing 
she was really frustrated and she called Linda and she called her sister and the other instructors and everybody said, I don't get it. So try this, try this. And she tried two weeks, no changing. And then Linda said, it was in spring, um, sent this horse home and asked the owner to leave the horse the whole summer in the field without any training, nothing, just care of him that he's fine on the field nothing else and then have a look again in autumn and the owner said okay we he's not interested in anything so we just can leave it on leave him on the field and in autumn they brought him back to bibi and he can could do everything everything was there spot on he was able to lift up his feet he was able to do everything he was an absolutely perfect trained horse and then the big question mark was what was going on and linda said it was simple you have put everything in and his body and his cells and his brain need this time to understand. He was not so clever to bring this all together in this short period of two weeks. He just needs more time. So if you do with him anything you do, do it and then give him a week time to understand what's going on in his own environment. And it was really like this. So sometimes we just been too fast. We are pushing too hard. And think about yourself learning new things. It's not like this. And there are things who are easier for us to learn and other things we need more time. But I always said I'm, I'm also coming from the dancing part. And I always say everybody can dance. There are just people who are more into it than others. It's the same like learning a language. Some people learn it easier and some people need a little bit more time, but everybody can learn a different language. So everybody can learn to dance and every horse, every dog can learn new things until the last day. But sometimes they need more time. It's just we are so in this rush and the T-Touch is really a method with this one and a half quarter circle is working on all levels in our body, on the emotions, but also on the body functions that where it needs time to connect these things. It's not like done. Sometimes you have these moments with animals that you do a session of a half an hour and everything is gone and you're saying, oh, shit, I need to try harder to slow down to have another session <laughs> because you never get rich if you're so successful. <laughs> but it's, it's sometimes, but it's so, most of the time you just need time. And I think... I know, particularly with horses, having now had a couple of horses in my life for two years, and I've never kind of been responsible and caring for a horse before. I've known horses all my life, but never had the responsibility of caring for them before. And never really, you know, I, I've ridden as a child, and you just got on the back of this school pony, and it just did what it was told, because it had probably done it a hundred million times before, and it knew it better than I did. So... <laughs> And, and I would have gone, you know, on hacks and stuff when I was on holiday. And again, the horses would have known where we were going. And it was just basic walk trot sort of thing. But now having two that I'm responsible for caring for, noticing that I ask and wait. Because they need a chance to kind of process it. I think there's an awful lot of processing that we don't leave time for. But also, I think that they want the chance to weigh it up in their own heads and to think, oh, what's in, not necessarily what's in this for me as, as a kind of like a, 
skeptical way, but just, okay, well, what does it get me to do that? What, what, how does this help me if I do this? So I like working with them and, and kind of exploring that with them and thinking, well, how does it benefit you? And why am I asking that whole thing? Why do I ask you to pick up your feet? What's in it for you? How can I help you to understand why? And kind of have that dialogue sometimes in my head with them, sometimes just movement, knowing that they work very much from movement. And I think it's different than if you think of dogs. Dogs are so eager to please mostly, and their brains work in a different way. So they will pick up training often more quickly. And when you said all, you know, all the way through their life, we had a dog that we rescued and we were told originally that he was three or four. And then later on the vet said, no, he was a lot older than that. But he was a border collie, a sheepdog, and he was so intelligent. And they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. He learned them like that. He was amazing. So from then on, you know, I've, I've dropped that belief of you can't teach an old dog new tricks and just any person, animal, anything, just give them a chance and they will surprise you at how much they pick up, how much they understand and how much more they understand about us than really we do about them so often. They can read us so much better, so with such clarity. They are just, especially dogs are so much more, they are doing so much more for us than we do for them mm. normally. Because if people say, yeah, by my dog, I'm going for a walk and they have a nice bed and they get good food and they get good care with vets and treatments and so on. I always say, sorry, but if you think about this in the human way, it's just human rights. <laughs> it's just the basic. There's nothing special you do. And if we think a lot of people are doing a lot of too much with their dogs, I know a lot of dog owners who have an extra diary for their dogs. They're going for walks, they're doing agility here, they're doing this, they're meeting other people to do this and this and this and this. And, and the dogs are doing this. And if you have the right dog to this, then it's fine, the right breed. But in the other way, it's I think the most time the people are doing this for them to have a, yeah, a reason to go out have a reason to meet people to have a reason to go in a kind of competition but it's not their competition if it, if they fail it's not their fault it's different than going for a run by yourself and coming through the finish line as the last one it's always this partnership so it's always a sharing of failure and so on so if you if you yeah. do something with your dog give them also time if it's raining, like in the last days, sorry, your dog don't want to go out. The most dogs are really fed up to go out for a walk in the pouring rain. It's good for you and it's not bad for the dog. But if you would ask the dog, really, I think the most dogs will say, um, uh, there is a nice fire <laughs> and it's nice warm and just give us some out time, time out. So you don't need to go out for with your dog every day and for hours and hours. And, and all these bits and bobs. And for me, one of the things we can do with the T-Touch with this simple one and a quarter circle where we just move the skin. So it's not a massage. We don't go deep into it's really, really gentle pressure. 
It's just a pressure that you can feel your cheekbone. It's really not a massage. The important thing is that you maybe you can see this, that you move the skin with this one and a quarter circuit to say thank you to your animal and do it just five minutes a day without computer on. Switch your mobile off, switch the tally off, the radio off. Don't have anything else in your brain, in your mind. Don't think about COVID or whatever. Just be with your animal and do five minutes. This tea touch on the body of your animal where the, your animal like to be touched. And you can change the world because it's really this time spending extra without anything else. We are cuddling our animals a lot. Stroking here, touching here, cuddling there. The dog likes to have their head on our laps and, and, and. But really have a look how many times you're really with your animal if you do things. It's the same with horses. Cats are a little bit more clearer because they turn off. They don't need us. They just take what they need and then they're off again. But the most other animals, they really, really are there. They want to please us, but we don't please them. We really don't do. And just take this moment of time in your daily life to say thank you that your dog, especially your dog, is always friendly if you're coming home. You can be so grumpy and the dog is friendly. They are taking care that you get out in every weather. You are never alone. He is always happy. And it's so good for your health to have this animal without doing anything for them. They're just because they are there. So I think it, to use the tea touch to say thank you, it's one of the basic things and one of the wonderful things. And for me, it's one of the key things, because if we start doing this, then we are on the big step to have a really relationship, a partnership. If we don't take it for, for granted that they are there and they're doing the things for us and really take your time with this one and a quarter circle it's so simple it's really so simple to do and just be with your animal it's the same with the horses we are always busy around horses are we when do we take our time to just be with the horse just be there and if you then can do the tea touch without thinking about all the other things about thinking i need to have i need to have order new hay and i need to call the farrier and I need to do this and this and and maybe thinking about work. It's also okay, but this is not quality time for your animal. It's quality time for you, but not for your animal. So with the tea touch, you have a chance to to give this time really quality and then you get a lot of back. I have seen dogs who said, why to hell? We are now together for eight years. How does it take so long to spend time with me? <laughs> And they have changed things. I have seen dogs who are pulling like mad on the lead by just spending five to ten minutes every day with just them, no nothing else around, doing the tea touch. And after a while, the why after a while they start listening to you when you want to train them to don't pull on the lead. And it was sometimes just one or two weeks later, uh, and they don't pull anymore. And you're saying, huh? I haven't changed anything. The training tool I use to don't pull, to train him to not pulling. It's the same like four weeks ago. Yeah, but you have changed the relationship between you and the dog. And that's just so beautiful. I think that is the key. It's it's that dialogue, it's that developing of a relationship. It's that listening. 
And our animals, they give us so much, like you say. And part of that for me is that each species and each individual within that species has its own particular wisdom to share. With dogs, it's often all about just enjoy, enjoy the moment, be happy. And how, you know, that loyalty and that support can mean so much. And that that connection and that friendship that's always there. And with horses, it's the power and the grace and the beauty that they hold so wonderfully and teach us how to step into our authentic power rather than power over, but just power with and permission to everybody else to hold their power too. And I think this this being open, this sharing of this moment opens us to that, to learning that, which is why I just love how Tea Touch makes that connection, makes that bridge, opens us to see, as you were saying, so often we see from a very human-centric position. So we think I'm doing all the things that I need to do for my dog or my animal or whatever it is. But we're not thinking, well, if that animal could choose, what would they choose? Would they choose to go out in the rain today? Would they choose to do that particular activity that I do with them? Does my horse enjoy jumping or would he prefer to do dressage or cross country or something completely different? And just having that chance to, to connect in with the animal and to just, as you say, build that relationship. But not only does it work with animals, it works with other people as well, doesn't it? And to go back to Tammy and, and children, can you share a little bit about how maybe um, adults, parents can support children, particularly in these times of COVID when there's a lot of anxiety and fear and worry and the children who are maybe getting little bits of information from the media or whatever, but not at an age maybe when they can understand what's going on. So feeling that fear, how can their parents best support them in using this? The wonderful thing with the T-Touch is that it's also working on the hormone system. And one key hormone we find out is really related to the T-Touch is the oxytocin, also called the trust hormone or the love hormone. And uh, this oxytocin is a key hormone to build empathy. And the scientists now know that empathy is located in our brain, in a special area of our brain. We build up empathy totally by nature until an age of three, four. If we don't have this empathy learned or this level of oxytocin, after this, we really need to learn this. So if we are from in the womb to, to I say, four, and we have loving family around us um, who are touching us, who are really are in body contact in the positive way, then it's easy for our body to learn empathy by building up oxytocin in a normal level. After this, the body needs to learn this. And we now know that a lot of young people who are not in the position to be really cared for, that they have this tiny bit in the brain where the empathy is, is smaller than if it's built up. And if you don't have empathy, then it's easier to be 
criminal or to be not caring because if you don't feel for another person it doesn't bother you if you steal the purse or whatever or kick them or hit them and oxytocin is also really important for our, the relationship between parents and children um but the kids can help themselves to build up this oxytocin if we do the t-touch on an animal and that's a wonderful thing the oxytocin level of the animal will level out so if we do the t-touch we build up a trusted feeling in the body of the animal the oxytocin level will level up and will be nice and in a good way so and this is a, a basic thing to start a training or to change something this is just one little thing of the t-touch if we do the t-touch on an animal the wonderful thing is my oxytocin level is also balancing out so if i'm working on a horse i'm feeling more trusty i'm feeling more love my oxytocin level is better so not every child has an animal but every child has a toy animal this is one of my my lovely assistant he is with me my whole key touch journey so he has had a lot of key touches but you it doesn't matter it can be also a teddy bear or it, if parents wants to do this and they don't have her, their teddy bear anymore or their toy animal they also can use a cushion and you can do the t-touch on this toy animal to feel better you're leveling out your oxytocin level you're balancing out your serotonin serotonin you're balancing out your adrenaline and to a, in a better way and you're feeling calmer you can relax better and you're doing things is always the thing we are always more afraid we are always more irritated we are more because we are stucking we are not able to move anymore especially with fear especially if you have no idea what's going on then it's so much safer to just stay don't move and it's not just a really movement of our body it's also in our brain it's also our emotions then it's easier to just freeze them and that's really why a lot of people who have panic attacks they are freezing they can't move anymore this is because this is then a status they can cope with they can manage they know how to do this but because the rest if they don't do this they will melt have the feeling you lose all your bones and this is a really more unsafe position than than just freeze and if we do the t-touch on 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 our toy animal really slow and loving and always treat your toy animal in the same way you would treat your real animal or real being you can calm yourself down you do something because the t-touch is active and you don't freeze and your body can relax your soul and your mind can relax and this is wonderful it's a wonderful simple tool children are so easy they learn this so so easy because they're so much more gentle than we are we always need to overthink things is this really working 
<laughs> work because it's just so simple and it's so gentle. It's not a massage and it goes slow. We love to do things fast, but we do this slow and really just come down and start breathing. You also can do the T-touch as a parent on your children. Then I would not do it with the fingertips Then just make a hole with your hand and put the hole on the body of your children on the back is really good and make some one and a quarter circles with your whole hand. This is the abalone, the T-touch called abalone. And I can tell you a little story how deep this T-touch is going. In my first pregnancy, it's now a few years ago, um, my son was lying in my tummy really early with his spine to the front. And like the most moms, I was always creaming my tummy and I was just starting with my T-touch journey, I think three, four, five months before I get pregnant. So I was really in this learning curve and always, if you learn something new, you always do this, you always wants to do a lot of this. So I start doing the T-touch, the abalone on my tummy by creaming my tummy. So I'm not creaming it like normal. So I have always done the abalone. And when my son was born, always when he was really crying about colleagues or whatever, just like babies do and toddlers do and, 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 always when I've done the abalone on his back just a few times, he always calms down. And he's now 22. And it's still the same. If he's really excited and he's with me, I just need to do a few abalones on his back and he starts to come down. So it goes so deep and it's it's so easy. And it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's this connection, but it's really also in this point, a method. It just, it's doing his work. The T-touch is doing his work to calm him down because it, doesn't need to be me who's doing this. Everybody can do this on his back, if he has the knowledge, uh, to calm him down. So it's really, it's really simple then. Just do it with the one and a quarter circle. The important thing is do it slow. If you do it, do it one and a quarter circle when you're finished between eight and nine on your clock. Pause a moment and then release. Don't leave the body. You're still staying on the body. Move your hand a bit. Do the next one and a quarter circle, stop, release a tiny bit, but stay on the body, slide down and do the next one. So it's really calming down. And this is something really wonderful you can do with your kids in this moment where they are, yeah, all of us, we are losing the construct where we be born in. We need to find new ways and we need to find new ways to live with our body. We need to find ways to live with the body next to us and a different way. And um, I think if we take care of us and with what we are doing with our hands, and this is one point where I will start again if we are out of this mad time a bit more, again, with doing T-touch with children in schools, but also for people with mental health projects, because a lot of kids, a lot of people don't have a good relationship to their hands or to hands in total and to give them an idea that hands can be kind and nice and helping and relaxing without any sexual contact really just because it's I have kind hands and you need a kind hand 
And also that that hands don't have to be always doing something like um, move here, move there, do this, do that, instructions, uh, giving treatments for like kids if they're in hospital or whatever, if they're constantly being moved and prodded and poked and you know, I'm taking your temperature, I'm taking your blood pressure, but just a hand that comes in and offers gentleness, offers connection, offers care, offers that that sense of peace and balancing all the oxytocin and the stuff that's going on underneath. That's yeah. just a loving hand. And slowness, time, because mm. if you talk about the treatments and hospitals and so on, everything is fast. It's just bam, 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 bam. It's working order. It's nothing wrong with because the nurses and the doctors needs to do their job. It's just da 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 da. And in school, everything is just making in order. It's going in this temper they need to do da 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 fast or a little bit slower. But time and we have heard this is a, one of the good things about the lockdown that a lot of people, a lot of parents have spent more time with their family, more time with their kids, more quality time. And I notice this from a lot of people that they have done really funny things in the lockdown. We've just seen an, um, on the talk show, a German talk show, one of the, our German comedian, he has two little kids. One is just in school and one is a toddler and they've been on holidays on their, uh, on the, under the roof of their house. They packed all the things and just moved up two stairs <laughs> for, for a weekend and have some camping <laughs> up there. And one on his daughter said, oh, I've missed my teddy bear. And he said, yes, sorry, we are not at home. We can't take the teddy bear now. And so to, to be creative with kids and time again. And I'm really upset if I heard people say, oh, and school, homeschooling and work and blah, blah, blah. And um, I don't know what to do with my kids. And then I would say, sorry, why do you have kids if you are not able to spend time with your kids day by day? Um, so it, I know it's hard, hard works, but, and, and they will learn because the kids are still there and the kids will poke you and say, yeah, but I'm here and now come on, do it. <laughs> You can't get rid of me. Um, but there are a lot of kids in between, between really caring people and not caring people or abusing people. And um, and it's it's really hard. And in, in our society where it's really hard to have the allowance to touch someone, it's really tricky and really difficult. And I think with this law that you are not allowed to touch someone, we really create a society where we will have more trouble in the future and now the lockdown and COVID comes on top uh, than we like to have. Because if touching is just connected to violence or sexual and nothing between, then there is a big gap. And we know now from the scientist way that if kids don't get touched, this little area in the brain don't grow, they don't feel empathy. So we build up a society. And I've been really frustrated. A friend of mine, they have a little pool in their garden and there are some kids always from the neighborhood coming just now in the summer and it was really fun. And his li her little one is three and he has had a little bath trouser and he jumps into it and comes up and he lost it. It was just around his knee and it was just a little bit two and a half. And one of the little neighbor girls 
from the neighborhood. She was nine. And Lizzie, the mom, has just dirty hands. And she said, can, can you just pull up his, his pants bit, please? And she said, no, I can't because I'm not in his family. I'm not related to him. And she asked, who has told you that? Yeah, in school. And I think this is really dangerous. Not just because it makes no sense for me. And the other way around, it makes absolutely no sense because the most abusing things are happening in the family. So they have trained this kid to trust people in their family who maybe they are the abuser because they are not from the outside. And to say something, to don't pull a little pan up a little trouser up for a two and a half year old where you're playing with the last two years. I think that's so sad. And this is really something we create. And with the tea touch where we have something where we maybe can tell the parents or can tell the authorities and so on. So this is something scientific proof. This is something professional like a massage. It is not, but we can change something we maybe have a chance to change for one or two children something and for parents and for people with mental health problems projects as well so it's it's a tool to change something absolutely and i think we've thrown the baby out of the bath water haven't we in terms of no touch rather yeah. than touch is essential we are social beings we need touches we are becoming aware now in the current COVID situation, I'm hearing people who say, I'm not really a hugger, but I miss hugging because yes. now we can't. And I yeah. think maybe, maybe, hopefully, it will highlight the fact that touch is so essential. So rather than no touch, let's say this is touch that we don't want, this is touch that we do. And it's actually essential for our well-being. And these are ways in which you can do it that are not only acceptable, but welcomed and encouraged because they are so good for our well-being, for our sense of connection, and, and to teach that to the kids as well. And for adults, so many adults, you know, teachers and, and social workers and others who are afraid to touch, even when it is appropriate, but they're afraid of what might happen if they get you know, an allegation or whatever. So yes, if, if we could just put, you know, get the word out that the touch is essential and that there are ways that you can do it that are therapeutic and supportive and, and so wonderful and beautiful and nourishing and nurturing all of those things, that would be amazing. It's so, so sad. Uh, just one thing, in Germany, we have a few, we have different words for the word touch. And um, we have one word that's called Berührung. And this is more meaning this, this kind way of touching someone. And for me, really, mm -hmm. touching is a human right. It is essential for us to grow, to be healthy, and to have a society where we can take care of each other. Because also, if you think about now, if this... this uh, age group now who are small who are let's say between five and eleven who are now coming into this time with the law that they is not allowed to be touched and blah 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 and now COVID and so on how tricky this will be if they are really elderly people and need to be touched because they need to be a nurse to take care of them it needs to be extra frightened 
think about someone who's maybe then getting dementia, who is also tri always tricky to touch someone with dementia, but to touch someone with dementia who has no idea about touching, be touched of their whole life, just about, as I said, sexual or violence and nothing between, how difficult this will be in the future. Yes, I think it's creating so many issues and challenges for the years ahead, isn't it, in so many ways, definitely. So uh, just before we round up then, can you tell us who has inspired you? Linda, Linda is, is one of my heroes, one of my stars. Um, so that's Linda Tellington. Linda Tellington-Jones, yeah, she, she's the founder of the Telling Tea Touch. She started his, her journey for the Tea Touch 45 years ago, so a long time, and, and she's now uh, 83, I think, uh, and she is still practicing, she is still doing trainings, and um, now with COVID, she just found out that doing this by Zoom is absolutely fun. <laughs> So I will have my next training with her tomorrow evening and it starts at seven o'clock and normally we are not finished before 11 because she don't want to stop. <laughs> she, is, she is absolutely amazing. She has her issues. She, she, uh, on one point, she's not bad, not sad about that this lockdown is now coming because she was traveling so much. She's normally, and until last year, she was traveling uh, around nine months a year all around the world to train the T-Touch. And I've seen her last time live two and a half years ago now. And so she was just over 80 and she was crawling on the ground. She was stepping, crawling on a table to show us how to do things and so on. So she was really, and because she loves it. She absolutely loves it. It's her passion to to give this, this little tiny one and a quarter circle as a basic there is more we have the work uh, with obstacle on the ground there's also work with body wraps and 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 so much more in the telling method but this one and a quarter circle this is really her baby and to get bring this out to the world and say come on do this it's simple do this with your animal do this for yourself do this with your neighbor with your loved ones you can change a lot you can change the world you can do so much good with this. It's really her passion and her love. And she loves people and she loves to hear stories. And she is always, if you tell her a nice story, she's sitting in front of you and starts crying because she said it's so touching, it's so wonderful. And I'm a part of it. It's, it's She's always so happy and she's so full of life. And this video, I would say, okay, I'm just 52. I hope I can carry on like her and do it longer. And it's really inspiring what she's doing and how she's doing things. It's sometimes totally chaotic and we need her <laughs> sister, her little sister Robin Hood, because she is the she is the, the left side of the brain <laughs> and she's organizing things. She's naming things. She she was the one who asked over 40 years ago said, uh, Linda, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Can we write this down? Can I learn this? Can we write it down so someone else can learn it? So without Robin, there would be no telling T-Touch method. But Linda is, is the heart and and Robin is the heart and the brain. So it's it's this connection and this is wonderful. And she is always inspiring me. She's really always really touching me with what she's doing and she's inspiring me to carry on and learn new things. I've just started a new training with her, an online training for T Touch for self helping. 
So it's the next bit on my journey with her. And I'm really happy that I have the chance to get in another training with her because it will be a different way, a different world when she's not with us anymore. And so I'm really, really, really pleased that I have the chance. And the good thing now with, with Zoom and all this, a lot of our practitioners around the world have now the chance by Zoom to get in contact with her, to, to be with her. In this training I've just started last Tuesday, we've been uh, people from 12 countries uh, all around the world. And I think that's fantastic. And that's a big gift now for her that she can share it in a one-to-one, -one, not by touching someone really, but she, she is able to touch us from here, from here and all over without standing right in front of us in person. So um, I think that's really, really good and really powerful. And I'm really happy that I have the chance now because I'm, I'm a real toucher. I love to touch the people in my workshops and so on to give them really feeling how does this feel. So for me, it's really a new training to really learn new tools to send this method, this art over by Zoom, by all this media stuff and to connect with them. So because I before I started this training, I was really, how can I do this? It's so hard. I, I don't know how. And now I learn how to do it because she's amazing in doing this. Really good. And I'm very much, I love touch as well. Though I've been learning as well how not touch can be important, not as in um, touching energetically. So working off the body, but still near the body. Mm. And how that can have a very profound, but different impact. And also not touching with animals and allowing them to do the approach. So it's again, that respect and that invitation rather than the just jumping in. And mm. sometimes kind of being aware of my need to touch, particularly with an animal, is that, really because I'm offering them something or because I need to touch? Whose need is it really? Am I going in there to give them whatever because of my need or theirs? So just being more conscious and aware of that by taking a step back, not just jumping in, maybe going in when the time is right. But So that's all very interesting. And I was just thinking, as you were saying about the training and you're doing uh, this tea touch on Zoom now, earlier on, as you were describing soft toy and you had the dog and you were showing the movements on the dog, I was thinking that's something that we could do because, you know, just as uh, people, everyday people, where we're feeling that lack of connection, that lack of touch, how we can work on ourselves, but we could do that across Zoom so that we were working on ourselves with another. So it was actually for both. It was a giving and a receiving plus doing it, the self-care as well. I think that that's another option. It is absolutely another option. And as we always say in, 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 in T-Touches, the T-Touch works heart to heart, cell to cell, soul to soul and spirit to spirit. And when we can do this, then we don't need to be there in person. We just need to find this way to see each other or to listen to each other um and so i think it's 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 a it's a it's an extra it's an extra i think we will and if we can go back to normal workshops i absolutely would love to go back to normal workshops because i also love people to touch animals in in real 
uh, because I can't bring a horse here. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, and But it will be now always the extra to do things by Zoom, maybe as an introduction or for people. I, I love to. I, it's the next plan to do um, a Zoom training for mental health people with mental health projects. I will do that, I think, in, in, in December around because they are sometimes afraid to go into groups. So maybe this is really a tool because they can choose if they want to be seen by the group or not, but they can join in and they can do it by themselves. I can guide them. We can work together and they have the free choice to be visible in the group, to join into the group or just take something out of the group and take something out. And I think this is a, a big plus. I've never thought about this before. But this is a big plus to reach more people who are maybe really afraid to go into a room with strangers to learn something new. Yes. It is a totally different thing. And I think so. There is never, ever a situation which is only bad. There's always the good yeah. things. In, and it's always, if we give them a chance, it's always the chance to balance things out. It's always the yes. same way. It's just I mean, if, we want, if we only want to say black, see black, then we do this. But it's always... All and colors. it's just having, having that openness, isn't it, to thinking outside the box or to new ideas. And I was sharing um, in my group before that the Chinese for crisis is actually made up of two characters. One is danger and the other is opportunity. So that within every crisis, there is an opportunity. The question, the, the important thing for me is, like you were saying right at the very beginning, getting that calmness because if you're just focusing on the danger, you feel stuck, you go into that freeze and you can't see that the you're just, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? How do I stay safe? How do I stay alive? But if you can open up by getting calm, getting that clarity, then you can start to see where are the opportunities rather than just barriers. Where are their doors? Where are their windows? Maybe I could go that way. Maybe I could try this. So COVID has brought those. It's been a challenge. It's continuing mm -hmm. to be a challenge. But there are opportunities and it's just a matter of being being able to adjust, being flexible enough to go with the change. And I think yeah. T-Touch is a great tool in that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if everybody who's listening now and seeing us and so on, I'm absolutely happy to get in, get in touch with me and just contact me. And it's really easy to learn. It's really, really easy to learn. And for everybody, it's really just this. Put your fingertips on and move the skin in a one and a quarter circle with really gentle pressure. Hold, slide over, do the next. Stay on the body, slide over, do the next. That's it. It's so simple. And it really can change a lot for you and your animal and your kids or whatever. It really, really makes a big big different in your life and it's really easy to do and this is also a part I love in T-Touch because you can start immediately with this you don't need to be trained and trained and trained and then you are allowed to do this now you can do this right now if you have seen now this little demonstration you are allowed to do it now with you and your family and whoever you like sure asking for permission to do it because you're stepping into the safety area of someone but if this person or if this animal say yes, uh, and you do it with an open, kind heart, then you can't do something wrong. 
this is always a measurement. Is it okay for you? And is it okay for the person next to you? This is, is this okay for you? Is this okay for the animal next to you? And if you don't know if it's okay for your animal, then ask them, offer them an open hand and an open heart. And then you have, you get an answer. And maybe you get a maybe, and that's okay. But don't push. No one wants to be pushed and pulled around. No one, not you, not me, not, not your animals. Always the same. And on that beautiful note, I will say thank you so much, Henke, for joining us. Mm -hmm. And I will, under when this gets posted up, uh, I will put in the comments the link to your page on Facebook. Thank you. So thank, thank you very, very much, Robin. Heart hugs to you, Henke. Bye for now. Bye.